0: Welcome to the Holy Healthy Mama podcast. I'm Kristen Noriega, your host, a registered dietitian, nutritionist, and fellow Christian mom. I provide moms with practical, uncomplicated solutions so you can feed yourself and your family with confidence and lean into an active lifestyle. I'm on a mission to make health the standard, and I believe it starts in the family, with mom at the core. So whether you're filled with holy guacamole, the Holy Spirit, or have no idea what either of those are, I've got you covered, friend. Thanks for listening. Hey friends, I'm so glad you made it back today. We are at episode 8, Real Food and Real Life, with Kath Younger it's going to be a good one. Lots of information about what real food is versus the alternative here of like fake processed stuff and how to incorporate it into your life as it is today. I mean, with kids, with everything you have going on, what are some easy ways to do this? Kath has some great suggestions and I've got to tell you, I was a little starstruck talking to her because I have followed her blog for years and years and years and I sent her a DM on Instagram and I was like, "Hey, I have this cool podcast. Would you want to be a guest?" And she responded really quickly. And I had I didn't even imagine she would ever get back to me. <laughs> but she is just full of energy. She has an amazing blog. You've got to check it out. Beautiful food photography, lots of lifestyle in there. It's really easy to get lost in her website. Go check it out. And now I'm going to start with a moment of encouragement. Okay. C.S. Lewis said, You can't go back and change the beginning, but you can start where you are and change the ending. And so, of course, you can't change the way you have been eating in the past, but you can change where you're gonna go with it, what you're gonna do in the future. So change the ending of your story. Okay, let's get to this interview. I'm gonna read her introduction and then we'll get going. Kath Younger, registered dietitian, writes a healthy food and lifestyle blog focusing on real meals and real food. Kath Eats Real Food which you'll find at www.catheats.com It's a celebration of life through the lens of food. Kath was one of the original healthy living bloggers and has been online since 2007. Kath writes about everything relating to healthy living, including recipes, real meals, nutrition, workouts, home organization, motherhood, beauty, balance, budgeting, and more. Kath is a registered dietitian, a mom of two boys, Mason, seven, and Birch, one, and lives in Charlottesville, Virginia. Follow at KathEats on Instagram and Twitter. So welcome, Kath.
1: Hi, (laughs) that was a very uh, lengthy introduction, but probably fitting because I've been online for 12 years now, so um, I feel like I I've been on the internet half my life almost, which I wish I was only 24, but you know what I'm saying.
0: (laughs) Right. (laughs) Right. So you have amazing, an amazing blog and you take beautiful pictures and I can't wait to dive into it. But first I'm going to ask you, or I'm going to tell you a joke. (laughs) So what do you give to a sick lemon?
1: A sick lemon. Oh, I'm usually pretty good at jokes. Um, Something about
0: pucker, lemonade. Oh.
1: <laughs> that's close. <laughs> I was thinking, I was thinking that about lemonade, but I couldn't think of how that would be uh, incorporated. That's a good one.
0: Right? I don't know. Why would you give? That's kind of odd to give um, lemonade to a lemon because it's like cannibalism. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Anywho, here we go. So, Cat eats real food. Uh, My audience here is probably all moms, or wants to be moms, and is busy trying to feed their family as healthy as possible, doing whatever they can, however they can. I have my baby with me, so if you guys hear some noises, that's what's going on. Sorry, that's mom life. (laughs) I want to know, what does it mean to eat real food?
1: tell us about that. Yeah, sure. So when I, I, I'll, I'll go back to the beginning of kind of my food and weight loss journey. I, um, graduated from college and had put on not the freshman 15. It was more like the turning 2130. (laughs) Um, and I, um, had just, you know, gotten out of control of my portion size and my, my choices and everything that goes along with dorm life and eating in college. And so I uh, started cooking for myself and immediately, immediately lost about 10 pounds. Um, and so I was encouraged because I, w- I realized that weight loss was possible. Um, you kind of feel like, you know, when you're a little heavier that you're just stuck there because if you don't change something, nothing will ever change. So I started losing weight and I started to Read uh, women's magazines, and in the women's magazines, everything is calorie free diet talk, package this, one hundred calorie packs you know it's it's kind of the the mentality that it's the one hundred and eighty degrees to what I believe now, but I didn't know any better, and so I started using Splenda and you know just subscribing to that diet mentality for a while and I wanted to learn more about nutrition. So I read this book called Superfoods Health Style. And instead of talking about health and weight loss and your, and your body in terms of what you shouldn't be eating, which is everything that I had read thus far, it talked about real food and the foods that were proclaimed superfoods and why you should be filling your plate with those foods every day. And it was this huge light bulb moment for me that, you know, the reason that you should have a, you know, bowl of brown rice with beans and nuts over a 100 calorie pack of Mila wafers isn't the, the reason you should have that is because it has so much good for you in it. Um, it didn't have so much to do with just, um, all calories are not created equal is what I'm trying to say. And so that was a huge light bulb moment for me. And um, it kind of, that was the defining moment for me as my only diet that I would follow would be one based around real food. So I swapped out the Splenda and I started reading ingredient lists and looking at labels and trying to do a lot more cooking in my life and you know, rather than trying to, to find like this frozen dinner that was pre-portioned in calories assigned, I was focusing more on cooking for myself and um, choosing food in its most natural state. So that's kind of how I got started um, and why my blog is called Kathy's Real Food. Um, and so to me, real food is just food in, in, in its most natural state. So... Is it as nature intended? And I'm obviously not anti-cooking or even processing because I think that, for example, if you were, and I always go back to like the times of when humans were evolving in cavemen's, like cave women, I should say. Um, You know, if you, if you came across a maple tree or honeycomb or even a sugar cane, plant you could get that out of the source and then put it on your food so I don't think that sugar is necessarily bad um if you had a cow you could create milk and cream and butter um and if you I mean even some of the processed foods on the market like Lara bars or kind bars like if you if you literally hunted and gathered your way and got all those different nuts and seeds and then you mashed them all together with your mortal and pestle, like you could make a you could make a Lara bar. So, I kind of asked myself if I had the kind of simple tools or the experience or knowledge to make these things, and most importantly, if I had unlimited hours of time, could I make it myself? And if the answer is yes. Then to me, that's kind of real food. I mean, we obviously live in this culture these days where we have to be able to go in a gas station and get something to eat if we're on an eight-hour car trip. And our lives are different than they were years and years ago. So, um, trying to put those principles into a modern lifestyle is kind of been the the how and the why of my blog all these years. Awesome.
0: So you, um, I like how you would say the cavemen, they could crush stuff up to make a mortar with, or with a mortar and pistol and make a kind bar or a lair bar or whatever. And I'd like to think, you know, heck, I could do that. I could do it, but I don't have the time. How do you find the time? You have two little kids and you cook amazing food, according to your blog. <laughs> how do you do that? <laughs> well, I, um,
1: I had uh, my, my youngest Birch a year, just over a year ago. And I think that we go through these phases of life. So I actually am not cooking from scratch all the time right now. I am leaning in and using this amazing food delivery um, service that a local um, chef in Charlottesville does. And her tagline is food is self care. And, you know, when time is short, when you're going through a season of life, when you don't have time, whether you're Doubling up on work, maybe you're studying for some boards, maybe you just had a baby, whatever your season of life is, I think having that mentality of food is self care and spending a little bit more money on something that is made for you to get the good nutrition and the nourishment and just the um satisfaction that comes out of a freshly cooked meal, even if you didn't make it yourself. so anyways, I currently am still leaning in on this um on this food service and we do most of our cooking on the weekends when there's two of us, you know, my baby's crawling, almost walking. So he's into everything. And, um, so I'm either, if I am cooking during the week nights, which I do probably a third of the time we're making really quick and easy things. And then on the weekends we'll make a little bit more of an elaborate meal. My husband loves to smoke meats on the big green egg and, um, I'll usually do a little bit of prep day stuff on Sunday to kind of get me, um, into the week and things. So, um, it is a challenge. I did a lot more cooking from scratch before I had kids. Um, when my oldest, Mason was a baby, so I only had one baby instead of two kids, um, I, I totally embraced, uh, the prep day, and I would put everything in um, little bowls with covered in, you know, little Tupperware containers. I would even mince my garlic on Sunday so that I didn't have to, like, my goal was to not have to get a cutting board out, um, or a chef's knife on a weeknight. And so I was literally like sauteing just by like dump, 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 dump. I made my sauces and everything. And, um, so that's what I did the first time around. And then this time around, I, like I said, I'm using um, the personal chef service, which has been awesome. Um, but I think that you just got to figure it out with kids uh, the best way. My grandmother always used to say, make your dinner in the morning um, while well, the kids are at school uh, for older kids, obviously, um, or maybe your toddlers are in preschool. So I, I think that's good advice too. And, you know, we all love a crock pot.
0: <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. I like your, what your grandma would tell you, make your dinner in the morning. Cause that's something I've kind of adopted is cooking either at lunchtime or in the afternoon during nap time. And then dinner's ready and it's not the hustle and bustle. And unfortunately my grandma never told me that, but it's something I <laughs> learned. And it's a really, it's insightful. Like you don't have to follow the rigid structure of cooking every meal. 30 minutes right before you eat it. You know, you can cook it all on Saturday, you can cook for on Sunday, however you wanna prep it, that fits your schedule. Or if you even use a service. I don't think they have, I have any of those meal delivery services around here, but where one of my sister lives, she totally taps into those and she is actually in um, North Carolina. So maybe that's a coast thing, east or west. (laughs) And that's, that's really cool that you can get into the real food, in various ways to make it work for your current life situation.
1: Mm -hmm. Yep. And I, you know, it it started out as a, okay, we had this newborn, we're going to use this service and then it was, okay, now he's six months. We're going to keep going and I don't know how I'm going to ever stop. So um, (laughs) the good news is there's a lot of flexibility. You can just order one meal a week. Um, And it's, it's cheaper than takeout and way more delicious and healthy than takeout. So, um, I think we'll probably do it for the long term.
0: Sweet. That's awesome. All right. So let's move into how you, um, are raising your kids to appreciate real food. Do you feel subject to the pressure of all the chicken nuggets and all those fast food things when your kids are involved?
1: Yeah. So I, you know, I have a seven year old, so he, I think I feel like I did everything right. And he still went through the picky stage. And um, I there were a few years where I kind of embraced that picky stage. And I think the best we can do as moms is just offer, offer, offer. And um, I subscribe to um, Ellen Slattery's division of responsibility, where it's the mom's or the dad's job to decide when and what to eat. But the kids get to get to decide which foods and how much of those foods they eat. Um, And so I well, I do encourage my son to eat everything on his plate. Um, We don't have a clean plate rule. Um, And, you know, I do believe that it's up to the kids to decide if they Try something and hate it. Like I'm not going to sit there and say you must eat that because I don't think that is a good long term. It's just too many battles at dinner time. Um, and I mean, I think back to myself. I like pretty much everything but onions, and I don't really love like liver and other organ meats. But I, I, I almost wait. everything else. <laughs> um, but I didn't really start enjoying healthy food. I was probably like, well, I didn't really eat many vegetables at all until I was like 17. I do think, I know there are some kids that will gobble down everything, but I do think that there might be some evolutionary reason why children don't eat a lot of produce. Um, I don't think it, it's just our modern times that, you know, there's so many temptations of, kid food. I think that there's something there because with myself, I don't know. Um, That's just a little theory that I have. Um, But I I learned to eat a lot of things within my favorite dishes. So um, I remember learning to like green peppers and mushrooms on pizza. And um, I learned to like zucchini in this one um, pasta dish I would get when I was in high school. So I think that pairing a new food with a familiar food. Now, some kids might look at that pizza and say, ooh, there's a green pepper. I'm not touching it. But I always tell my my son, like, if it's there, he can pick it off if he wants. I'm not going to pick it off, but he can pick it off. Again, it's like his choice. Um, and that's actually what I used to do when I was younger. I would pick the green peppers off, but it, I, I would inevitably get one or two bites. And I it, it was the recognition of the flavor that over time, it's like, first I didn't like, I recognized it, but I didn't like it. Then I recognized it and it was kind of neutral. And then I recognized it and I liked it. So I do think that whole, you have to be exposed to a food like 16 different times or more to really appreciate it is true. And so if you just put, you know, peas on your child's plate and they say yucky and you never give them to them again, like that's your fault, not the child's for saying you know no thank you or whatever polite way we hope that they answer
0: us well and they might like it for two weeks straight and then you try it again and they don't like it and that's just exactly the way it goes you put the peas down give hit or miss you never know but as long as you're yeah then you're doing i know birch
1: turned Birch turned against scrambled eggs and avocado, oh, no. which are my two, like, go-to foods for him. I think I just <laughs> overdid it. So now I'm like, ah, what can I feed you? I know. <laughs> so they do change their little minds.
0: Yeah, right. And you can't help it no matter how much you try. Right. What are your kids' favorite meals right now? Um,
1: Mason's favorite food will always be pizza, but he does um, eat his with mushrooms on it. So that's a little bit of a win. Um, and he also will happily eat red peppers or any kind of salad. Um, so, you know, he he has favorite foods that are good for him. And of course, pizza and French fries and all the, he loves quesadillas, all the kid foods. Um, and Birch right now is into dried raspberries, which I'm totally cool with. Um, yesterday, he... I was handing him all these things and he refused them all until I got to the dried raspberries and he was happy as can be. So, um, he loves dried raspberries. He loves yogurt pouches. He has a history of loving scrambled eggs and avocado. He loves sweet potatoes. So he's still in that. I mean, he's getting a little bit choosier about which foods he eats. Um, but he's also like, uh, willing to try new things. I put um, on his breakfast plate this morning, little matchstick cut pear bites like little sticks of pear and he just picked them right up and started eating them so um he likes most fruits surprisingly Mason will not there's very few fruits that he will eat he'll eat apples and oranges but only a certain way which is really weird he won't eat any berries
0: <clears throat> well you know that's kind of encouraging to hear for the average mom who <laughs> Can get discouraged because if they're cooking these healthy foods preparing these amazing meals and their kids don't eat it well they're not alone because you are you know the real food expert here and you can encounter the same problems
1: throughout your whole their
0: all your kids their whole lives you know you've encountered it from day one until they're seven your oldest son and it's just common and i think that's helpful to hear from from you so thanks for sharing that
1: yeah I think also like what if you're gonna if you're gonna introduce a new food or or let's say you have like a grown up dish, pair the grown up dish with something you know that they like so so it's not eat this or go hungry you know so they have a little bit of what they like and then a little bit of something new. Um, I think that that always goes over better than just like here's your plate of something you've never had before and then <laughs> they freak out about it
0: yeah that's a good principle. something new with a favorite food. I like that mm-hmm. so give a little yeah. and get a little there. yeah all right so now, I can imagine that having a huge following like you do, you are often looked at as the healthy one. Do you encounter some any sort of stigma or any sort of pushback about you know when you show up to a party? Are do people love your food or do people push back against it because it's healthy? And I put that in quotes. What, I don't know. Do you have any issues with that?
1: Um. Well, for the longest, so the first five years that I was writing my blog, it was a journal of what I ate, mm-hmm. and it was. Every, I used to tell people it's every meal that I eat, not every single thing that goes in my mouth, and so I would, you know, have. I don't know, a cheese and crack appetizer at a party or a handful of almonds or something. And people would say, are you going to photograph that? Are you <laughs> going to photograph that? And I would always say, no, like I'm not going to sit here and photograph like a single M&M that you're handing me. <laughs> that would be boring. Um, so I think my stigma comes more towards the fact that I documented so many years of food. Um, but I've always been pretty you know, I, I don't, I, I've always subscribed to that kind of 80% of your food is healthy. And then 20% is in that second category that I'm not going to say unhealthy, but is, you know, not as healthy of a choice. And so you know, I don't think anyone would ever be surprised to see me. Everyone knows I love buttercream and wedding cake and ice cream and wine and cheese. So, like, there's all these foods that, you know, they're still real food. And gosh, I'll even eat fake food every now and then. I'll have a diet Dr Pepper a couple times a year. So, um, I, I don't like, advertise it. You know, if I were to have that, but I also. If someone sees me having it, I'm just like, yeah, like a normal person has everything. Like, let's not be restrictive and let's, you know, just try to live that balanced life of, of balancing kind of the joy is like of Halloween candy or Easter candy or whatever the season is with what, what is your foundation diet? What, what is, you know, the diet that you follow 80% of the time and most of the days of the
0: week? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you said, are you going to document it? Are you going to take a picture of it? Uh, Does that influence how you eat today still or ever again? <laughs> um, Not, not so much
1: anymore because I, when I had Maison in 2012, I very quickly realized that I couldn't photograph everything that I was eating. I mean, I would put him down and, and I, I, I kind of joked that I spent the previous five years teaching myself to eat slowly and mindfully. And then the second you have a baby, you're <laughs> shoveling food in like the only 10 minutes that you get a break, or you don't know when that time's about to end. And so that was really hard for me because I was really into enjoying and savoring food and putting it on a placemat and lighting a candle. And motherhood rocks your world. <laughs> so <laughs> I, um, I no longer had time to take 20 pictures of the same bowl of oatmeal and um, I don't know, maybe if I'm still blogging when my kids go to college, I'll take that hobby back up. (laughs) But um, in the the short term, yeah, I just, I mean, I I try to photograph most of my meals and then include them in um, just like weekly roundups. But breakfast has been a challenge um, since Birch started crawling because you know, I'm here by myself and I, a lot of the breakfasts, lunches to me are a little easier because I'm usually pulling out leftovers and they're done, ready like that. But a lot of the breakfast that I used to eat, um, like stovetop oatmeal or pancakes, like I can't stand to make those anymore. Even scrambled eggs is like a challenge because he's, you know, crawling into Mason's room the second I turn the burner on. So I'm so um, glad to hear you
0: say you struggle with that too. Oh my gosh. Yeah, well, you
1: know, I need to make overnight oats more. I haven't just, in the evenings, I'm so tired. I haven't thought, oh, I should make breakfast for tomorrow. But they are the ultimate, ultimate food for people who are too busy to cook because they cook overnight, you know? So um, note to self, I'm going to try to make some tonight to have tomorrow morning.
0: (laughs) Perfect. All we can do is try. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's cool. Okay, well um let's see i guess that's about it i want to respect your time here but are there some specific a few specific points you would like for listeners to take home from this yeah i think that
1: if your goal is to eat healthier and to eat more real food in general i always say that your number one tool is a fully stocked refrigerator If you don't have a fully stocked fridge, when you're hungry, you're gonna look in there, you're gonna go to the pantry, you're more likely to order takeout, you're more likely just to like, have an unsatisfying slash unhealthier meal. So go ahead and, you know, buy the salad greens. And um, I also think like we mentioned in the beginning, a lot of people like, I know that buying the pre chopped sweet potatoes is probably three times as expensive As buying the sweet potato myself and chopping it up. Like we all know that. However, what is your time worth? And when you're a busy mom, you know, you don't have time to sit and chop a potato. And if being able to take one of those packaged, pre cut, quickly toss them in olive oil, salt, and pepper, get them in the oven means that your family is gonna have really healthy, fresh, big sweet potato wedges or cubes you know, spend the extra $2, um, on, on the pre-cut stuff. Um, and if your budget literally won't allow any of that kind of stuff, then utilize that prep day and do as much as you can. Maybe it's not Sunday. Maybe Sundays are sacred for you. Maybe it's Mondays when your two year old is in preschool or during that time or whenever, whenever you can fit it in. um, A little prepping and a little planning will go a really, really long way. Um, I also was making my meal plan and grocery list in the 10 minutes before either me or my husband was about to leave for the grocery store. And so I was just scrambling in my head like, okay, uh, we'll make this this night and we probably need these ingredients. And I was so unorganized that I started to... Do if we usually go grocery shopping on Sunday, I started to do a meal plan and grocery list on Friday. And just having that time to like think it through and do a little bit more planning meant that Sundays and the grocery shopping was just so much more of a peaceful process. And that little bit of planning stretched us so far. Um, So I really think do not procrastinate (laughs) is my number one tip on all of these things. Mm-hmm. Um, because a little planning goes a very long way when it comes to healthy eating.
0: Yeah. It gives you that flexibility throughout each day in itself to execute your plan. If you have it in. Exactly. Place. Yeah. And I really love that yeah. about, um, like time versus cost of food. If you have to buy the packaged cut up butternut squash, well, good for you because you are feeding your family something that is nutritious and healthy and you know you're just doing what you can to get them food that's going to nourish their bodies.
1: Mm -hmm. And it's it's even though it's a little bit more expensive than the food and its raw ingredient it's probably still less expensive if you took the family out for sweet potato fries at a restaurant you know as like another version of that same potato or you bought the pre-made fries that you bake you know, let's try to, let's try to find the middle ground of the fresh real food, but the, the convenience of having it cut for you or the cheese that's already grated or the salad in a bag that's already cut and washed and all of that stuff. It's so nice these days that they have the kale cut and washed in a bag, which five years ago, you couldn't find, You had to buy it in the whole stock and then prepare it yourself. So mm-hmm. um, it's, it is good. It's been great that, healthy eating and nutrition has really come into its own over the past five to 10 years. And so many things that were once impossible to find at the grocery store, everyone can get like cauliflower rice, you know? Yeah. So, um, uh, we're lucky that we live today where, where healthy food is, um, a lot more readily
0: available. mm mm-hmm. Yes, we are lucky, aren't we? And that we get to feed our little ones real foods and teach them how to appreciate it and grow them. So, yeah, thank you for all of your insights. And I just really appreciate you talking with us today and teach us a little bit about how to incorporate more real foods and some of your best practices. And, um, yeah, that's it. Have a good one.
1: Great. Well, take care of that sweet little
0: baby. (laughs) Great. thanks. Alright, thanks for listening to Holy Healthy Mama. If you love the show, please leave me a five-star review. It will help with the show's visibility, initial and long-term success, and it will make my heart happy. Alright friends, love your babies, say your prayers, and eat your greens.